Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have breathwork master, Naraj Nayak. And Naraj is a renegade pharmacist. He was a pharmacist and and saw that the pills, the things, the medications that he was giving were not helping his customers. So what he decided to do is learn how to heal within using the ancient techniques of breathwork and Speaking from experience, breathwork is extremely powerful and if used wisely, can truly prolong life, can help you with illness and disease, and can even open you up spiritually. Get ready for one heck of a conversation. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Niraj Nayak. Nayak? Nayak. Perfect. I still Naraj. can't pronounce my name properly either, and it's been like 44 <laughs> years. Naraj, thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the show, my friend. I'm excited to talk to you, my friend. I saw you in, uh, I think the first time I was exposed to you was Mind Valley, uh, oh, with cool. uh, with what you do there. And then I went down a rabbit hole, and we have a mutual friend uh, that connected us. And I said, please, I'd love to have Naraj on the show. Let me connect you, and here you are, sir. So I'm excited to talk to you. From Australia. Yes, Dr. Espen, uh, he's amazing, does some amazing work as well. Um, so you really are focused in breath work. And by the way, the first time I was introduced to you when you said the renegade pharmacist, I'm like, well, you had me at renegade. So <laughs> right, I love that name. I love that name. <laughs> so tell me what was what was your life like before you got into the work that you're in now and breath work and understanding all of that? Well, Great question. Um, I'm actually uh, right. I'm writing a book at the moment. I'm thinking to call it uh, Breath Farmer <laughs> because I actually used to be a pharmacist, believe it or not. Okay. And um, I worked for seven years community pharmacist. And but prior to that, I actually used to run raves in the UK, like big drone based raves and 2000 people every month for three years. It was epic. That's what I thought I was always going to do, but that didn't quite work out. Ended up. Um, going back to my day job while, while I studied at university, it was a crazy situation and I ended up being a pharmacist and I really didn't want to do that. It's one of the things that your parents kind of guide you into doing. If you're Indian, you're either a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant or a pharmacist or something like that, right? Safe, secure mm-hmm. professions. So I did that and that's where I got a taste of my own medicine. Like I suffered a lot with disillusionment, like wondering what the hell am I doing here? Like, am I really helping people? to see people going back with shopping bags full of drugs, not getting better. 
in the end, it took its toll. I tried many different things to get out of this situation, different business ventures, things weren't working. And then I went to this Tony Robbins event. And that's where I heard for the first time somebody talk about diets and nutrition and, and health and what, what it really means to be healthy, right? So I thought, well, I'm going to put Tony Robbins to a test, right? See if he's full of shit or not. Because I've got pharmacy full of sick patients. Maybe I can get some job satisfaction by getting them off the pills. So instead of onto them. And actually, you know what? It worked. I came up with this healthy shopping list service idea of where I write shopping lists based on people's conditions. And I had amazing, I used a little bit of like kind of motivational techniques, you know, persuasion techniques that I got from Tony to persuade them it was a good idea to do this. And I literally just simply swapped factory-based foods for normal healthy foods. Lots of people came off medications quite fast within two weeks, like at least the reductions in medications. And doctors were like loving it. They were like, brilliant. This actually got me promoted to the head office of one of the biggest corporations in the UK. And I was going to carry out this big mission of this healthy shopping service. That got shut down after six months for some reason. Shocking. I know. And then <laughs> I got hit with an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis, uh, which left me housebound for almost a year. And I was pretty much shitting blood 40 times a day for a year. Oh my God. It was that, that was the real turning point for me. That was where I had to go deep in. And I was told by the, you know, the, the consultant, who was this huge, obese, overweight lady, clearly didn't like her job and clearly didn't know much about health. She was telling me that stress makes no difference. Diet makes no difference. <laughs> shut up, take the pills. So she said, either you take a pill that hasn't been tested yet, be a guinea pig for that, or have your colon removed. So I'm like, well, there has to be a third way. And, and they say God stands for gift of desperation, right? So luckily somebody came to my rescue, a, a, an amazing yoga teacher in the UK, Swami Yamakananda. She said to me, look, you actually got a gift. If you can actually turn this around, you could be an amazing role model to other people in your situation. And because you got this tenacity and this drive to want to help people. So I saw, I saw a change in my perception. And she said, look, you can actually use some ancient, you know, breathing practices and uh, lifestyle adjustments and yoga techniques to, to fix this. And so I put down my disbelief because you know what, I'm, I'm actually like quite left brain analytical kind of guy, um, especially back then. So I want everything to be proven, but back then there wasn't much science and evidence. So I just went for it, had no choice, got such relief off just a few techniques that it put me down a rabbit hole. And I was like, right, I want to put as much science as I possibly can to these techniques. I want to improve this. I want to get it out to the world. And that's been my mission since then. I basically have packaged my method into a simple modality which is based on the breath it's based on the same breathing techniques as i use and i've expanded on it because breath really is like a pharmacy of breathing technique it's like if you want to unblock your nose you can do that if you want to fix constipation you can do that if you want to have more fitness and endurance you can do that if you want to fix your erectile dysfunction you can do that so there's many different things that you go to a pharmacy for quite commonly that can be solved by just pranayama techniques and like just simple lifestyle adjustments. So this I put into a system and that's actually become the foundation of now Soma Breath, which where we train instructors. They're really like the new breath pharmacists on all these ancient practices with a lot of science behind them. We've now got Cambridge University studying our techniques. 
and we've grown into a community with like over 2000 instructors around the world so it's been pretty pretty epic so where so when you say the ancient techniques are, are you talking these are yogic techniques these are ancient yogic te based on tantric yoga yeah so the most original traditional form of yoga which is not very well understood because there's different mode types of yoga in the mainstream now sure which is very far away from the original uh, sutras and and i met a, a doctor in um india who wrote some papers that really inspired me some research papers they're very well cited and he is a yogi but also a medical doctor it's called prakash marsh and he uh, well, I reached out to him and he took me on as a student. So I went and trained with him, studied with him, and he ended up joining forces with me. We created the curriculum together. But in there, he's basically what he's done is taken these ancient practices and put science to them, like explained them like from a medical understanding. And it's so profound when you look at it from that perspective. So behind the techniques. So you're telling me that goat yoga is not 7,000 years old? Yoga is no one knows how it is, but there's no no no, no. Go, goat yoga that. goat yoga not so much oh, with the goat. Goat, yoga. goat yoga you don't know what even goat yoga <laughs> this, is, this is the insanity that we are here where you do yoga and little baby goats are climb on you what <laughs> it's a well, thing at least they're creative at least they're creative <laughs> that's what I said yoga goat yeah, yeah yeah so yeah so people understand that too that yoga has been around for such a long time and it is. So far, it's not just to have a killer bod. It's uh, about other deeper elements that I've, I think are slowly starting to come back in or coming into the Western mind 100%. a bit more uh, because it started off like that, but then it kind of went into the physical, you know, Lululemon world. And then now we're going, I think we're going back into that spiritual world. I well, mean, what's happened now is it's all become compartmentalized. So you have the trauma specialist, you have the, eye doctor you have the um you know the regression therapists and mm -hmm. hypnotherapists and massage therapists and all these different experts in different fields but really we're ho we're a whole everything is holistic we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show so a yoga is a complete system it, it takes into account everything and has methods uh, for, you know, that are therapeutic, that are um, for physical health, for emotional health, you know, and so on. So really yoga, if you look at it properly, it's a way of life. And it's really a system for working on every aspect of your life. And there is hypnotherapy type techniques, which is like things like yoga nidra, guided meditation is just a form of hypnosis. Then there's, you know, things for physical endurance peak fitness which is like the yoga asanas and pranayamas which are all about creating oxygen energy efficiency you know then there's the concentration exercises dhyana yoga and and other you know karma yoga all about action and passion and 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 doing service in the world right so a lot of um things have become separated and i'm trying to bring them together a bit more so they all work in alignment with each other and simplifying it things don't have to be so complicated change and transformation is easy actually if you just know the principles of it so i have to ask you because the first experience i ever was even exposed to the understanding of breathwork was winhoff uh the winhoff mm -hmm. method uh, and i know you guys are uh, colleagues and friends uh and I, you know when i tested it you know taking a cold shower i'm like holy crap this thing is working 
Can yeah. you explain why it works? What is it about the breath that, you know, even something like a Winhoff method or that you can extreme, you can deal with, co- with extreme cold or, or you're trying to heal yourself or you're trying to, you know, open up your chakras or, or what, what is it that people feel when the breath work? Cause we breathe every day. So what is the, what is the power of the breath? Can you explain it to somebody who has no understanding of it? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I spent a lot of time at Wim. I made the soundtrack to the Wim Hof method. And if you go to his YouTube video, that's had like millions of views, like that's all my music and we made an album awesome. together. And He's an amazing guy. I love him. So mm-hmm. But if you look at the Wim Hof method from a pranayama equivalent of it, so mm-hmm. of similar techniques, you've got bastrika, which is rhythmic breathing and or fast breathing, right? So you breathe. And the point of that fast breathing is actually to get rid of CO2. You, you briefly, for a brief period, you're letting go of CO2. CO2 is what tells your brain you need to inhale. So what happens is when you go to into your breath hold, which is called baya kumbhaka, but when you get to a certain point around 60 to 90 seconds where you go beyond a certain point, it's known as nishesha rachaka, which in the sutras, it basically means holding your breath after exhale to the maximum effort you possibly can. And what this creates is a state called intermittent hypoxia. And this is where the magic happens. So kumbhaka, which is all about breath, holding your breath is the most revered technique of all in pranayama, right? And what that does is when you take away oxygen for a brief period, because it, what it, you get is a lower than normal oxygen level mm. for a brief period. That's why it's called intermittent hypoxia, lower than normal oxygen. Your body goes, oh, I'm running out of oxygen. I need to change and suit the environment. So what it does is it prepares for that happening, right? So where you get prepares for a low oxygen environment. So it actually improves your amount of blood, red blood cells you have. You get improved... Uh, blood circulation you get new blood vessels being formed you increase and dilate all the blood vessels in your heart and your brain okay and you also increase over time number of uh, mitochondria in the cells and overall eventually your uh, breathing rate will slow down and you'll be able to hold your breath for longer periods which is a sign of oxygen efficiency now oxygen we need to become friends with because oxygen actually is reactive it it's like if you imagine the mitochondria like little combustion engines that's really what they are the oxygen goes in there and it burns like a fire right inside and it creates um over time wear and tear free radical damage oxidative stress your body is always fighting and battling against trying to mitigate the stress from oxygen combustion Right, just like a car, right, that hasn't been tuned very well, hasn't in service. When you drive the engine too hard, it blows up, right? Same thing. If you what we want to do with and what the yoga tries to do, the asana and pranayama combination, is to make you so efficient using oxygen, you need to have less oxygen. And that means then you will have less of this oxidative stress. Your age will lifespan will increase. You live longer, you live healthier. And it all works by this one secret magic ingredient. It's not a secret anymore. Nitric oxide. Nitric oxide. Just remember nitric oxide, NO, nose, right? It's only ever really produced through nasal breathing or breath retentions. When you hold your breath beyond the sli- uh, the comfort zone, so which you do with the Wim Hof method, you do it with our breath techniques as well. We have techniques like that. 
<coughs> you actually create this positive stress response and through the nitric oxide mechanism. And nitric oxide is vasodilator, bronchodilator. Um, it's also antiviral, antibacterial, antimicrobial. But what it also does, okay, check this out, is it activates stem cells and it wakes them up out of circulation because stem cells hate oxygen. So they come out to play in low oxygen environments, all right? So uh, when you do brief period of low oxygen, stem cells wake up, boom, they go to areas where there's low oxygen. Uh, sorry, uh, they go to areas where there's um, healing needs to be done, rejuvenation, lower inflammation, and they go in and do their part there. And um, yeah, so that's kind of in the essence how that works. But also you've got to remember this. You go to stem cell labs, right? The way they activate stem cells is through low oxygen, right? That's one of the main mechanisms. Also intense heat and intense cold, right? So what does Wim do? He does intense cold, right? Yeah. So he's activating them. We, we're all about sauna. Like, so my, so my system is more about there's no one size fits all, right? And you've got to find what works for you. And what we do is we modify techniques and customize them for the individual. We have a variety of different breathing techniques, some that are all about you know positive stress responses, oxygen efficiency, others that can turn off stress on command, lower your blood pressure, lower your heart rate. We've got others that act like natural anti-inflammatories, you know, unblocking your nose, um, lowering inflammation, clearing congestion. And ultimately our system, what we're trying to do is help people become very oxygen efficient, right? So that they have a better life, better quality of life. They're more calm because CO2, which is what we're actually training ourselves to have more of right, in our mm -hmm. system is called CO2 tolerance. CO2 is what allows oxygen to come off blood cells and into, into body tissue cells. Without carbon dioxide, we actually don't get oxygen going to where we need to go and we get low body tissue oxygenation, which is a result of mo what causes most diseases. So basically, the things to remember is oxygen efficiency, CO2 tolerance, and the ability to produce nitric oxide. If you can master that, then you're going to have a much better quality of life. You're going to live longer and have less risk of disease. After you've done that, then we go into the deeper layers of how do we understand ourselves? How do we peel away the layers of what makes us us, our identity, our ego, right? Because we are as good as our egos right now. Mm -hmm. What our level of thinking is as good as our, the quality of our thoughts. So if you want to go to the next level, you have to understand your truth, who you are, so you can make better decisions for you, not because society tells you should do something. You're doing it based on your own truth. But then you can also um, discover like new abilities, new passions, new pursuits. You can get out of this kind of status quo-like situations and move into new environments, new reality tunnels, I call it, where you actually flow into a life which is way bigger, better, more rewarding, fulfilling than you had before. But the reason why we don't do that automatic on command is because we have all these limiting beliefs, programs, conditions, and imprints that happen at very early age in our life. And this is where people use therapy, right? To try and unravel themselves. But there are breathing techniques that accelerate this, make it easier. And I've made this therapeutic breath practice. It combines the breath with guided meditations and um, music therapy, because music's my big passion. As I said, I used to run raised, so I went back into making music, mm. therapeutic music, and 
And these therapeutic breath sessions, which is probably one of the ones you did with Dr. Espen, mm -hmm. are profound and take you into the most heightened, extraordinary states of, you know, they're like psychedelic journeys, oh. right? Oh yeah. And from there with the right guidance, you can you can make a major difference to somebody. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I mean, that's exactly what I did with Dr. Aspen. I, I he he took me to one of these these sessions uh and it was it was he he warned me he's like this could be very psychedelic for you and it was in a in a very weird way i'd never felt anything like that before and i was still recuperating for the next few days um that was just kind of like off my meditations took a new level a new a shift because something kind of opened up in me uh, i was just so blown away at the power of the breath and i've known about the i've known about the concept of breath work and i've read you know yogis you know breathwork books and things like that and i've tried a few things but i've never gone deep into it um but by the way your explanation of the actual physiology of what happens is brilliant it was so concise oh. and i i completely understand and and when you even answered a question before i even asked it because i was like this is what yogis do because yogis have this ability some say to live 150 200 years sometimes depending on the legends but even then even an extended life of even 120 130 140 um where they just do breath work every morning and they they just are constantly replenishing ourselves because i asked a, a bunch i don't forget yes. I've, I've asked quantum physicists i've asked biologists uh why do we die if we re if we redesign our bodies or our cells are regenerated we have a full new body every seven years why do we die? What is the purpose of it? And you just kind of explained it. The, the engine, it's like you could have a, you could take care, you could take care of a good car, a good engine, and it'll. You take a Toyota, take good care of it, change the oil, don't rub it to, you know, it'll last you. But at a certain point, that's it. <laughs> it's, yes. but you can. And here's the thing. So, yeah, in yoga, you measure somebody's lifespan Swami Sivananda says this by how many breaths they take not um heart rate and things like that so every time you train yourself to hold your breath using kumbhaka techniques you actually add on minutes to your breath they say so if you hold your breath for a minute you've added an extra minute to your data bank now same thing goes with breathing rates if you and depth of breathing so volume of air so let's say average breathing rates for most people they live like 70 years is 15 to 20 breaths per minute according to the science right now yogis breathing rates are much lower like 10 breaths per minute or less so if you can bring your breathing rate down you actually start to increase your lifespan dramatically and this is shown in the animal i'm not always making this stuff up mm -hmm. this is shown in the animal kingdom animals that live a very long time are whales elephants turtles yeah. they're very slow breathing rates whales have like less than one breath per minute breathing rates and they can hold their breath for long periods of time like two hours now animals that don't live a long time um like rats and mice they breathe very fast like 150 300 breaths a minute they live like one year or two years right but this is the this is the kicker this is the this is the one that supports everything i've been saying the naked mole rat the naked mole rat is a rat but it lives 30 years 
almost completely free of disease. It's very hard to get cancer and stuff like that. But the difference between that and normal rats is it lives primarily underground in a hypoxic environment, a low oxygen environment, high CO2, and it can hold its breath for 18 minutes at a time. <clears throat> so breath rates and breath um, hold times is what you want to train for if you want to live longer. Fascinating, my friend, fascinating. Now, I've heard the differences between nasal breathing and mouth breathing. Can you talk about the, the differences and what we should be doing more of, depending on the technique, I guess? Very good point. So we are designed to breathe through our nose. It's the only way we produce nitric oxide in our nose, right? So we must always breathe through our nose. And pr pretty much all of my techniques are nasal breathing based. Some more intense techniques that are like more like taking you to orgasmic states or psychedelic states, which you don't want to do all the time because <laughs> it can cause stress on the body, sure. are mouth breathing techniques sometimes. But more fo focus on the exhale rather than breathing in like large volumes of air. So, um, so they are our kind of rare treats that we have sometimes on our retreats. But it's not like what we teach people or encourage people to do every day. Every day we focus on healthy nasal breathing and um, diaphragmatic breathing. And what you'll see, you'll observe a person who's like optimized with their breath okay and now Lao Tzu is a famous Chinese philosopher who said this quote a perfect human breathes like they don't breathe at all right so somebody who's very optimized their breath is like somebody you can't even look see if they're breathing it's like it doesn't look like they're breathing their breath is so subtle and it's in through the nose into the diaphragm they, they hardly need to breathe any air because they're so efficient using oxygen. So their diaphragm hardly moves and their breath is so subtle, right? And it's smooth. There's no like <laughs> jitteriness, no stutteringness. It's not like manic. It's not fast. It's calm. And the breath is also, uh, your breathing rate is a mirror of your thoughts. So someone who's very erratic in their thoughts and mind and stressed, they tend to have a faster erratic breathing that matches that. But someone who's very coherent and very relaxed and in their element and in the flow, their breathing is very rhythmic, harmonic. And it's also like the, the three S is slow, silent and subtle. All right. And that's that's how you, we train our instructors. We their, their, their goal is to get people into that state where they can naturally just chill for hours Hardly breathing. And is that is that one of the reasons why meditation is so beneficial to you on a physical level? Because like when I meditate, I my breath slows dramatically. It's very hard to meditate breathing um, <laughs> yeah. fast or like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually, because your thoughts are so linked to your breath, um, the best state of meditation is achieved usually in kumbhaka when you're holding your breath right because you're pausing life for a second for a moment right when you press pause on life you press pause well pause on your breath you press pause on life for a moment and that's where what happens at this point is very interesting when you completely steal the thoughts so there's no more vocalization in the in the in your mind no, no verbalization no words right 
So the verbal part of the mind is the monkey mind, we call it, right? Act which worries about the future, hung up on the past, is constantly like saying negative words or sometimes positive words to you over and over again. It creates a sympathetic reaction in your body, sympathetic nervous system reaction, which produces an adrenaline response and sometimes cortisol if it's a negative voice. And what that does is it causes tension. And when you have tension in the body, right, blood flows get suppressed to those areas. And then over time, you get stiff, rigid, and you get degenerative diseases, chronic pain and all these issues. But when you just train yourself to meditate with a slow, smooth, consistent breath, Vipassana, great example, nasal breathing in for six seconds, out for six seconds, very slow, subtle, silent, right? Or just training yourself to do that and then hold your breath for long periods, you can meditate so much easier. And what you do is you shut off this monkey mind, right? So we do these techniques that quietens your mind completely. We've shown this scientifically and we've got um, Cambridge University studying this to clarify this. And basically what that does is it shuts off the area of the brain, the brain's version of the ego or the default mode network. The default mode network is your sense of self, your sense of identity, who you are. It's, it's, it's really the brain's version of the ego. When you quieten them down, another voice starts to speak and your soul starts to speak to you. you know? So when your soul starts to speak to you, you start to think um, much more in alignment rather than uh, what society and culture, the cultural hypnosis wants you to think. You start to think from your true self rather than the program condition self. And that's really yoga. That's, that is yoga. So let me ask you, um, when, when something like uh, two extremes, so like the Wim Hof, which is cold, or yours, which is a lot hotter, what is the breath actually doing so you could withstand something that normally your body wouldn't be able to resist? Kind of like, you know, you're in a, you're in, you know, negative whatever degree temperature water and you feel hot. What is actually happening cellularly in the body with the breath? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Beautiful. So let me, let's talk about Wim Hof method. Um, so Wim Hof method is designed to heat you up so you can stay warm in the ice bath. Mm -hmm. But that heating up technique it still has a lot of other benefits even if you sure. don't do the ice bath okay but the problem with that is that some people and the ayurvedic system is very good because it's all about understanding who you are and we're we're different elements vata pitta kapha vata's air pitta's fire kapha's um earth right so um basically what the wim hof method is really good for is creating more fire more pitta internal heat and drive and what this helps a lot is the people who lack fire in their life the drive you know whims like a the most full power alpha dude ever right he's amazing Love he's him. a force of nature right but not everyone can handle it like they're already too fiery themselves and they get burnt out and too stressed doing it sometimes but the ice cools you down so it's interesting you get fire and then you go in the ice and it cools you down that's why pitta people are very fiery like whim they tend to be medium to muscular build and um, athletic types, like he's like that. They and they're, if they're very fiery, they like to cool down in cool temperatures. So they love ice baths, right? Now, people who are a bit more like, I can do the ice bath, no problem. I have pizza in me too, but I'm more 
vata pitta. I'm like a mix. And vata pitta people, uh, they prefer actually um, the cooling breath. So let me talk to you a science between what's a heating breath and a cooling breath. Mm -hmm. the, the, um, that is, uh, oh, sorry, vata people prefer the heat, but then you need to do cooling breaths to stay in the heat for longer. Pitta people love the cold, but they need to do fiery techniques to stay in the cold for longer. And the pitta can give you more fire as well, right? So Wim's all about, he really loves the cold because he's so fiery, it cools him down. I'm all about the heat because I'm more vata. I'm more of this air type and I love to get the heat fire. But I love the ice, but I like the rotation of the two. So does he, he does, he does both actually. So, um, but in a, in a nutshell, we're all individual and we like different things. So, um, so the, the heating techniques, they produce adrenaline in the body, fire, right? They drive the mitochondria. So how you do that is if you're going to do the Wim Hof method to create heat, you want to use your mouth. Okay. And you want to force the inhale. This is the most extreme way to generate heat. You can try it right now if you want, mm -hmm. right? What you do is you breathe in for around well, a full lungful of air and then just let go. So half the volume um, is left and then you keep repeating. So it's like in for about four seconds, out for around two, like this. Okay. Try it if you want. Okay, See so if you start to through through the nose, through the nose. You're going to get lightheaded quickly. The nose, Try through it. the nose. Mouth. Through the mouth. Through the mouth just to feel the heat generating quickly. Into the into the diaphragm, preferably. But you'll you'll see if you breathe through your mouth, you gen, generally most people breathe through the chest. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you feel it. Right? Oh no, I start, I'm already starting. Yeah, my I'm starting to feel a little bit warmer in my in my yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my I feel blood. Yes. Wow, it's weird. My face is starting to turn red a little bit. It's it's yeah, interesting. It's a, but just with a few so, breaths. This was the few, right? So let's say you do 20, 30 of those, and then you go and hold your breath after the exhale, right? Breath holds to maximum effort also generates heat because it drives the mitochondria. The mitochondria go into overdrive to produce extra energy to deal with a low, low oxygen environment, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's heat-building techniques. There's other ones as well. If you breathe in through your right nostril, because your right nostril is solar. The left nostril is moon, right? So the sun, when you breathe in through the sun, you produce heat. So if you shut this nostril and just breathe in and out for the right, you're going to start producing fire, right? In fact, your nostrils switch between sun and moon activity. One nostril is always more dominant than the other every 90 minutes throughout the day. Sure. And you can actually, actually um, change them, switch them, I call it switch breath. I've, I've renamed all the pranayama techniques. Um, you can switch to what you want. So if you want to have more drive, you can do that. If you want to be more passive and creative, you can switch to the left nostril. There's science to it, which we teach in our course. But um, but just so, um, generally, if you breathe in through your right and even hold your breath after that with a full inhale and hold your breath to maximum effort, you quickly start to produce heat. Especially if you pull the Ashwini mudras, the Muscles around your sphincter, if you pull them up at the same time, contract and hold. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> I was talking. 
at the same time. So when you do that, <coughs> you produce adrenaline. The inner fire goes up. <coughs> so that's the process of generating heat, which you can do in a cold bath, ice bath, cold room. Mm -hmm. <coughs> if you want to stay warm in a cold room, make sure your right nostril is active. All right. So and, and then with the, and then with the heat, cooling techniques <coughs> is extended exhalations, rhythmic breathing with slow extended exhalations. So in for like two beats, out for four beats. So that switches on the parasympathetic nervous system. So the sympathetic is the hyperventilation style, the forced inhale. The parasympathetic is the slow exhalation, like emphasis on exhalation. Right, and then humming. Hum. We go into sauna and just hum continuously, get into these super transcendental states, and then um, last way longer. Like you know, I can do like twenty minutes easily in a ninety-five degree sauna, which we do in our retreats, which a lot of people freak out at that heat. Ninety-five. How much? How much? Hundred ninety-five Celsius. Oh, centigrade. So what is that uh, yeah, Fahrenheit? Celsius. What is that Fahrenheit? Um, you can look it up. <laughs> Just curious so for for, uh, for all the Americans. <laughs> it's almost, well, 100 degrees centigrade is boiling, right? Right. So, yeah. We're looking at 175, 180? Right. Fahrenheit. It's 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, Jesus. That's a lot. Yeah. 20 minutes in 200 degrees? Holy. Yes, it sounds insane. That isn't, I mean, I do 175 and I'll do it for eight to 10 minutes, you know, maybe 15. Because I'm... of these, these techniques, yeah. I can um, also, the heat ones, I can stay longer in the ice bath. So in Bali years ago, I had a little record. I don't know. It's probably broken now. But I did 32 minutes and me and this girl did it together. So we both, we both have the claim to the fame. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so 30, I could have say longer, but I was like, that's stupid. So <laughs> let me, at a certain point, it's just, e it's, it's just ego at that point. Just ego after uh, that, so with the, um, with the, I lost my train of thought here with the, oh, uh, Dr. Esmond said when he, when he spoke to you on his show that you were able to bring your heart rate down, you did kind of like a, uh, like a, a, I don't know if it's called a yeah. trick, what is that? Like you had your heart. You had you. Oh, you have it. Oh, please, please do it. Put me yes. on the spot now. Okay, go ahead. See if you could do this. This is my little party trick. Okay, let's see if okay. I can do it. Now. I'm just right. gonna get. So what is? So what does it say? What is your? What tell, tell everybody what they're watching first. Okay, so it's. Okay, okay. So look, um, heart rate. Um, it's a heart rate monitor on his. Either one hundred one. That's actually my heart rate because I've been hyperventilating a bit, so it's probably a little higher. Let me lower it first. See the one hundred one. Yes. Okay, let me see if I can lower it. Hopefully this is the machine that works. I know one of them doesn't work, but let's see if this is, I think this is it. Yeah, I'm gonna send it up now by 30 beats per minute, all right? All right, so he dropped it down to set. Now. Yeah. You're gonna send it back up? Okay. Now down. So he took it all the way up to 110. 
from 70. And now he's going right back down. There you go. Yeah, you, you went down to all the way down to 69. I mean, it could have been more. I, I mean, yeah, it. if you focus, yeah, if you focus a little bit. I had bit coffee more. before this. So. <laughs> so I have to ask you, what the hell were you doing? How were you able to control your heartbeat that way? I mean, you barely were moving. You were doing breath, obviously some sort of breath work, but you jumped 40 or 50 beats. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. It, it, uh, whim. Like, how did you do that, sir? I love it. I love it when somebody goes, how did you do that? Yes, it's always a fun, like, I mean, I understand the concepts behind it, but I didn't even see you do anything, really. It was kind of like you were doing some something going on inside or you were doing very different. It wasn't something very obvious, like you were, <gasps> you weren't doing yeah. anything like that. It was something very exactly. subtle. A friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, he was a professional card magician. He was a mentalist. He could do all that kind of crazy David Blaine mm -hmm. tricks. And every reaction was like, how did you do that? Right. But they're card tricks. They're illusions, right? But sure. this is real magic. So let me explain how, how this works, okay? Yes. So, and this is profound because if you know these principles, you can really help yourself and others, right? So when you breathe in, your heart rate goes up a bit. When you breathe out, your heart rate goes down a bit. When you breathe in, hold your breath and pull up the Ashwini Mudra, which is connected to your autonomic nervous system. It's also considered like the Mula Bandha, but they're really different things in yoga. It's a Bandha, it's a lock, energy lock. When you pull in and squeeze and contract and pull up and hold your breath on the inhale, you create adrenaline, boom, your heart rate shoots up, all right? And then what happens is you get a, at that point, a little switch happens and your nervous system resets and you go into parasympathetic and then your heart rate starts to drop. Now, what I do then is you, if you hold your breath or slow your breath down, like I'll show you this. If you slow your breath down, if you just like breathe out very slowly, like you're breathing out for a small straw. Mm -hmm. Just by the slow breath of exhale. I'm not in the best position. I'm like leaned over like this. Sure, sure, sure. But you but... get it, right? It's starting to go down. So, oh, no, it, it did go um, down. Yeah. If you hold your breath after uh -huh. the exhale, mm -hmm. it pauses and it slows your, it, your heart rate starts to gradually go down. So with very long breath holds, I, I need to be in a different state. Sure, to sure. To do it. To do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't had coffee just before the Espen one. The Espen one, I took it down to like 48. Yeah, he told me that. Yeah, he took it like really low. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even lower. And I can do that, but um, it's all about holding your breath after the exhale. And you hold your breath, and that's like pressing the pause, like the brake pads, and your heart rate starts to drop significantly. So some yogis can do it, get it right down to like 20 beats per minute, to the point where they stop their heart. It's insane. Like they get into such long breath holds. I'm still working on it because this is takes years, years to develop these skills um you can even stop your heart for a, a brief moment it's magic and, and still be alive samadhi. and still be alive yeah and still be alive and go into samadhi yeah oh my god so this this wild. is so this is wild um, well thank you for that demonstration because it was pretty impressive for somebody who's never seen anything like that before so it, it does definitely live live on our show prove a lot of the techniques that we're talking about you know 
you know what in the olden days yogis used to do this sure. and then they would get their disciples this way right but they would never explain how they do it right so i'm like screw that let's just teach everybody how to do this why not because it's a pharmacy <laughs> right and now we've got science we can count the heart rate you can see it visually but with this knowledge it's very important because with the right sequence of breathing techniques you can lower heart rate lower blood pressure turn off the stress turn on parasympathetic right and you can also produce adrenaline on command so if you can produce adrenaline on command you have your own natural anti-inflammatory and um also a, like a steroid your own natural like why do we give adrenaline sometimes for mm -hmm. allergies mm -hmm. and shock Pfft, adrenaline right so adrenaline is actually quite a useful medicine for certain things you can also use it to create positive states inspiration inspired mm -hmm. thinking and dopamine and adrenaline can give you drive as well as um a heightened ability to change your mind your brain at a neurological level so we use like these techniques which get you into these heightened dopaminergic like adrenalized states where you actually change rapidly your brain on your according to your own will and there's been many studies done now with hypnotherapy where they show and through meditation how you change the brain right one mm -hmm. on, by intention so what we do is rapid brain change, right? Through using intention in this sequence with breathing techniques and music, which heightens the whole experience. And that takes you into these profound transformational states. And people become different people as a result of it. You can actually improve your cognitive abilities, your memory, your ability to retain knowledge, um, all sorts of stuff by, and your, your ability to attract and manifest things, you know, is enhance when you learn how to program the brain properly so let me ask you when uh, because you mentioned this a little earlier in our conversation when you there's extremes like the heat and the cold that uh that the stem cells come out to to play when there's low oxygen um but it also has to be did you say cold or hot or cold right for it is there a, yeah. a temperature it's cold right so is that what happens when because i've been reading studies now they're saying cold therapy and sauna hot therapy is a ways to kind of energize the immune system to heal yourself. Is that a correct statement? I think it works through activation of stem cells, growth factors, growth hormone, neurogenesis, all of this, the BDNF. It's a whole cascade of different benefits. So then let me ask you this. What is, can breath work fight a specific disease like it did for you? Like, can you explain what it's doing for people who have, I don't know, you know, whatever the disease is, um, can it help in the treatment of it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So how does it work? Let's not um, make any huge wild claim. Exactly. Say that science shows and anecdotal evidence, which we have seen from having 2000 instructors, a massive community, 100,000 users, mm -hmm. like to the point where Cambridge University are studying us, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen significant evidence that these breathing protocols can help with diseases, right? Now let's look at disease. What is it? What does disease mean? Okay. So we have different types of disease. This ease is really a disturbance in the body. If you look at Ayurveda, which is the, the ancient Indian system of medicine, all disease is an energetic imbalance a spiritual problem right how do you produce energy in the body 
breathing. Uh, breathing, of course. Breathing oxygen, oxygen goes into mitochondria, creates ATP energy, right? So quantum science, everything is energy. E equals N. Energy is matter, a duality, right? It's another Vedic concept that was thousands of years old before quantum physics jumped on it right now. <laughs> so, um, so what that means is that if we can bring balance back, we can get rid of most diseases. So as I said, let's go back to that whole point of Vata, Pitta, Kapha. Mm -hmm. We're a different matrix of, of, um, of balances of energy. We're really like an equalizer, right? Some people have their Vata up there, mm -hmm. Pitta's there. And the kaffirs down there, right? Some people have it the other way around and so on. We're different levels of these energies. And what they did in Ayurveda was to put us into seven different types. Either vata, pitta or kapha, or vata, pitta, or vata, kapha, or pitta, kapha, or a combination of all three, right? Mm -hmm. So this is our predominant energy type. Now, or our element, okay? Now, I, I'm all about find your element and live by it. So if you live by your element, and this is the amazing Ayurvedic system, it tells you the kind of foods you should eat, the types of um, people you should surround yourself with, the climate you should live in, <clears throat> how you should breathe, um, a standard for all different elements and also customized to the individual. And that way you can actually make the right choices for you rather than fall into this trap of one size fits all. So that's the first thing. Find your element, learn to live by it. Now, so that's lifestyle diseases can pretty much be corrected through these changes through Ayurveda if you know how to do it and not many people understand Ayurveda but I've tried to really demystify it and make it really accessible right so that's that's in our in our courses but the breath now let's look at um, how the breath comes into this so let's look at um, a disease like an autoimmune like I had we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show. Now, autoimmune is much more complicated. What happens with autoimmune is that your cells in your body, right, get confused. Your, your immune cells think that everything is an, a threat. So it starts attacking right. healthy cells. Most autoimmune diseases, that's how they are, right? So, um, and also in the Ayurvedic system, so interesting. My energy type is Vata Pitta. That's my element, right? And in there, it says, if you go back to the original text, that we have a tendency towards colon issues and ulcers in the colon, right? <laughs> the fire, excess fire causes ulcers and excess air affects the colon. So it's very interesting. So when you go off balance, what you have to do is correct the balance. Now, the breath is amazing because what it does is it can instantly restore balance to the all three elements, okay? And one of the ways to do that is through rhythmic breathing when you breathe in and out in a perfect rhythm because every single biorhythm in your body uh, or every single function in your body is rhythmic they're biorhythms so infradian rhythm circadian ultradian rhythm like sleep wake cycles and menstrual cycles for women and things like that so um when you breathe in a rhythm and this is the foundation of yogic practice is rhythmic breathing breathing in and out in the perfect rhythm to the beat. When you do that, you create this inner harmony. You feel amazing anyway. So my technique and where it differs from Wim Hof is we focus a lot on rhythmic breathing, right? And there's different types of rhythmic breathing. It can be rhythmic with an extended exhalation or an extended inhalation or just balanced breath. And you can do very slow, long 
breaths as well, like in for eight beats, out for eight, even up to 32, 32, you know, one breath per minute type techniques, right? So um, this inner harmony and this re-harmonization re, um, is one of the foundations to restore balance. Now, here's the other thing. So what's the cause of autoimmune? Let's look at the cause. I'm all about the cause. Identify the cause, you can find a solution, right? So autoimmune diseases, all right, quite often are the result of um, a issue that's happened at some point in the timeline of your life. Um, we call these Udin moments. U stands for unidentified, uh, sorry, unexpected. So this is something that came out of the blue, right? And you didn't expect it at all. It's a big surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, D means dramatic. So there's a lot of emotion associated with it. Very dramatic. I is isolating. So it's just you, nobody else. And N is no strategy, no way to get out of it, right? So it's, you're just helpless. This was that what happened to me. This was the Udin moment that, broke my um my ass and i started bleeding heavily <laughs> not the camel's back but literally my butthole mm -hmm. um the that Udi moment was when i was i worked so hard to get to the top of this corporation to do something that i thought would help humanity and then it was swept away from me it was a huge unexpected moment very dramatic i'm you know i'm gonna be the face of this the company isolating it's just me and the whole corporation uh, and the corporate head office everyone wanted to get me out of there because I was a threat to them. And then um, no strategy. There was nothing I could do. Like, what could I do? Going to go back to do my shitty job. Now, successive Udin moments layer on top of each other over somebody's life. And that can manifest then as a disease or an autoimmune right. disease, right? Quite commonly. But the earliest Udin moments are the ones that happen in early childhood, right? And especially the first um imprint that happens with the mother and child okay mother and child imprints are um, well when you're breastfed and nurtured these imprints create a very karmic strong bond with the mother now mo a lot of autoimmune diseases are actually like especially ones that manifest later on in life like it did for me are the result of a issue a conflict with this karmic relationship with the mother and if you feel as a son that you've let your mum down all the time because she's never satisfied, she disapproves of what you do, she, you've let her down, she's always comparing you to other people and you can never live up to the, her expectations. If that goes on for too long, it can mean you can stay in this karmic bond and it can mean you have a lifelong disease. So that's the earliest Udin moments can be the, the actually right at the beginning often when there's a, even a trauma that happens, like your mum maybe abandons you, leaves you mm -hmm. right, completely. Right. Fend for yourself or just doesn't, is, is stressed out herself, like full of stress because she's in a bad marriage, maybe she's getting abused and this imprints into you, right? So you become your environment. And the first imprint, this is the first imprint, deals with what you, how you see the world, whether it's safe or unsafe, whether you trust people or you don't, or whether... You believe the universe is on your side or out to against you, right? Mm -hmm. So this can really change the inner world too. Your perception of the outer world can change your inner world. And this can lead to lots of unresolved conflicts and emotions that they manifest eventually a disease. So the breath, 
is amazing because with the breath, we can go back through uh, hypnotic breathing techniques into old memories and reframe them, re-imprint them in a heightened ecstatic state, which the breath can get us into, which is what our breath therapists are designed to take people into, these ecstatic peak experiences, mystical experiences, where re-imprint occurs and then boom, they re-imprint the past into something that's much more empowering for the future. And then the, this disease leaves us. You know, it's, there's no need for it anymore. And here's another thing with rhythmic breathing, mm -hmm. especially with vocal toning, with like, ah, ah, ah kind of sounds can release a lot of unresolved emotion that gets stuck as information in your somatic intelligence, which is mm -hmm. there really. It's your neurology doing what it's supposed to do is there to try and stop you from getting into that situation ever again. Because all your, your, your brain does not care, the brain, serotonin brain, about your happiness. It all it cares happen. about is your survival. Right. So it will put you into unhappy situations purely to keep you alive. So if you need to reframe what means um, safe to you, once you know what's safe to you, right, then you will overcome all this shit. Um, that's beautiful, my friend. Beautiful. I want to ask you really quickly about the energy centers and how can breath work open the energy centers? I want to go a little bit more spiritual to see because breath work has not only a physical mind, but as we kind of hinted on with yogis, a very profound spiritual component where it opens energy centers. You go into altered states. Can you explain, if you can, how that works? So the chakra system that we're very familiar with, it was actually not really part of traditional yoga. It came way later on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And actually in traditional yoga, we had, we're more like what the Chinese think of as meridians. We had many different energy centers and points all around the body. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Chinese um, ideas and things like Qigong and all that and Tai Chi even came from India actually originally when um, one of the Indian yogis went to china and and re kind of translated it for that community that mm -hmm. was there and it became like these chinese practices right chinese medicine but really we had we have lots of chakras all over us okay different meridian points but what i believe the chakra system is is actually the map of the human endocrine system okay so you have your sex glands down here mm -hmm. and your root chakra then you have the uh, so you have the sacral root, the root, the sexual root. But they, these really correspond to endocrine glands, a hormonal system. Then you've got your solar plexus, which is your digestive glands. Then you've got your heart, which is your thymus gland, right? You've got your thyroid uh, gland, which is then your throat. Then you have the third eye, which is pineal gland. Again, another gland. And then you have the, your crown, which is your pituitary gland, right? So what techniques are designed to do is to actually stimulate hormonal activity through vibration tones mantras rhythmic breathing mantras are just rhythmic breathing it's just the intonations you make with the chant you're actually creating a breath pattern which then can affect a, a certain gland in the body so when you activate glands you can turn on their function or turn off their function all right so you have to be very careful what you're doing and <laughs> If you want to improve your, you know, functions, you, you need to exercise the glands, right? And then you can create harmony to the glands. So when you're opening up a chakra, 
what I believe you're doing is you're opening up the activity of that gland. So in the heart, the heart and the thymus are kind of connected as one. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And really, it's all the preserving glands, right? In the Vedic philosophy, they had a tone to it. Vishnu. And Vishnu is the god of preservation, right? So Vishnu, all these are the preserving glands of the body, right? The heart, thymus gland, which is your immune system. But then we have Brahma, which is the god of creation. And that sound, ah, when you direct it down, it's your sex, your root. It stimulates the sexual glands. Ah, 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 ah. You can see, feel the vibration down there. When you're having sex, you even make sounds. Like you, you, you read my mind. Yeah. That's exactly the yeah, exactly. It's a god of creation, right? So Brahma, the tones in the name. And then Shivam, Shivam. The hum stimulates this, the vibration, third eye. And, and also the paranasal sinuses, which is how you produce lots of nitric oxide. So then we wake up the third eye activity through vibration. Shivam is the god of consciousness. So the pineal gland is sleep and wake, wake and consciousness. Mm-hmm. You wake up to a conscious reality. You go to sleep, your consciousness stops. You go unconscious. All right. So um, the gods, the Vedic gods are encoded into the body. I actually believe that all of the religions are the map of the body, but we forgot about it. Like even the Christian ideas from the Bible, the Jewish, you could say that they're just a, a map of the body, the 33 degrees, the 33 bones of the vertebrae, the spinal column, right? The claustrum, the Klaus, mm-hmm. Santa Claus, Klaus mm-hmm. is the the actual part of the brain that deals with our sense of self identity is where we're talking about default mode network is a big part of that region. Mm -hmm. And it's um, what we can activate and stimulate and expand. And then we become, it's like Santa goes down the chimney, which (laughs) is a part of the brain to, um, um, you know, deliver the gifts of knowledge and truth and wisdom. And that's these heightened inspiration states we can get to when we activate the 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 claustrum so right. there's many different analysis and stories and there's sure. like even like there's if you re- look into it the jim carrey actually is the one who actually talks about this on a video on youtube jim carrey of all people right uh-huh. he's quite awakened and he explains how a lot of the bible stories are actually just metaphors and analogies for the human body and now the more i've gone into yoga and now i've met this amazing yogi doctor uh, more of, I've started to think that even the Vedic stories were just stories for us to learn how the body actually functions, how to control the body, how to take control of ourselves. Because if, you know, I don't know if you've ever studied for a degree or anything. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways to remember stuff is through a story. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the uh, what is it? The castle, the castle system in, in the head where you create a castle and you put little things, yes. but it's and then you create little story elements in that. Yeah. Stories. Well, that's how yeah. the meat and potatoes of society are passed along is story. Yes. So all these Vedic stories that sound so fantastical, they may merely be easy, like crazy, amazing, brilliant ways of understanding <clears throat> physiology and anatomy and the control of the codes of consciousness and reality and and somatic 
ability. <laughs> no, Raj, I can keep talking to you for hours, my friend. Uh, this has been such an enlightening conversation about breathwork. It's just the beginning, I think, of my journey into, into breathwork without question. Uh, I am going to ask you a couple of questions. I ask all my guests, what is your definition of living a good life? Great question. So my definition of living a good life is, as I said, find your element, find your truth. Use You can use like this Ayurvedic software that we've developed. It's coming out soon. It's not there yet. Um, but there's many free ones already um, to discover your truth, your element. I, I advise you use our one because it's much deeper hmm. or find a really good Ayurvedic doctor. And then you can then you can like create a lifestyle based on who you are. So you don't make mistakes when it comes to diet. Um, some people thrive on vegan diets. Other energy types don't. And it tells you what they are in the books. Some people thrive on paleo high fat diets. Others don't. Again, tells you on the in the according to elements. Right. So that's the first place to start. Get your lifestyle in check. Find your element. Live by it. Then you can start really going deep on what your real truth, what your soul is trying to tell you, right? Should you go into creativity or should you stay in that job that makes you miserable every day? There's one quick answer you should uh, get every single morning when you wake up. And that is, are you enthusiastic every day to wake up, <laughs> to get on with your day and do a hard day's work? If you're not, and you just want to be lazy and want to sit around and or you just want to stay in bed, that's not a healthy, happy human, right? right? A healthy, happy human is driven and motivated to do stuff, take action, contribute and give back to the world. So if you're not feeling enthusiastic to do stuff, that's the first moment of chronic stress. And over time, that will build up and up and up and then you'll have a breakdown, all right? And that's what happens all the time to people who don't listen to their truth, right? So ask yourself that question every single day. Are you jumping out of bed excited or not? The next one is, are you waking up bed with enthusiasm to be kind and compassionate to other people? Or are you just faking it? Are you like surrounded by people you hate because you become your environment? You, I mean, is there a way you can change the people you hang out with if that's how you feel? You know, start asking yourself all these questions because you will become the product of your environment. So if you, your environment sucks and makes you feel like shit and you don't want to be kind and compassionate because you don't like the people you're around with. They don't share your values. They don't share your identity and you're, you're faking it. You're trying so hard to be nice. But you just can't be honest. The most number one thing is be honest, be honest with yourself. You don't have to be nice all the time. It's better to be cruel than be, uh, to be nice sometimes. Right. And that might mean getting up and leaving and going to somewhere else. It may even be getting up and getting out of a relationship that sucks and finding someone that fucking makes you wake up every day excited, right? Because life is about enthusiasm. It really is. So number one hallmark of a good life is an enthusiastic life. We're enthusiastic to do shit. Do stuff that gives back beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. So that when you come here on this planet, you've left some kind of a mark. It doesn't have to be a huge legacy. Like you've, you're like mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, a guru of loads of disciples. It could be something very simple as you raise an amazing family and passed on some wisdom to your kids, right? And and had a, an amazing, passionate relationship with your wife or whatever, right? So that's that's my definition. How do you define God? How do I define God? All that is. And the ultimate purpose of life is? To find your element. 
And where can people find out more about you and the amazing work that you're doing, sir? Um, go to somabreath.com or mm -hmm. check out my Instagram, Neurogenic Official, or the Soma Breath Instagram or our YouTube channel, Soma Breath Facebook group, which is super buzzing. If you're in a if you want to change your community, go to the Summer Breath community and just start interacting. It's the most high vibe community I've I've been so fortunate to be a part of creating. It's just amazing. I love the people that are in this community. They're just all driven, motivated, and want to do good. So go there. Um, and SomaBreath.com, we have all of our courses. We have uh, you can sign up for a free masterclass, go deeper, and and so on. And we're going to be putting that link for the free masterclass in the description in YouTube and in the show notes as well, my friend. And do you have any final messages for our audience? Yeah, I'll leave you with this one little anecdote. So it's not actually mine. I didn't make this up. I got it from my other guru who's a, a virtual guru. I've never met him before, but I've, he's just incredible. He's one of the top doctors in India, Dr. B.M. Hegday. Give him lots of love. If you want to learn about the medical system and what it really means to be truly fit and healthy from a real the number one doctor in in india who's a total renegade like me then check him out as well give him a shout out um but he says this one thing which i love the first two letters well the first letter of uh illness is i i i i and people who tend to just be all about themselves i i i i me 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 all they can talk about is themselves tend to get pretty sick after a while and people get sick of them too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Touché on that one. <laughs> but the first two letters of wellness is we. Oh God. So when we start to think more like a family, a community and unity is that keyword in community unit unity. Um, and we settle our differences and we forgive people who keep, you know, done wrong to us in the past. But don't forget, don't forget, because people are robots as well. And some people just keep doing the same shit over and over again. So you've got to be discerning, but still. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. If you can be we focused, where you find that group of people your community your tribe you don't have to i'm not talking about the whole world suddenly uniting overnight but that's not going to happen right now right mm -hmm. okay what i'm talking about is just take care of your little 200 meters in front of you surround yourselves with amazing people give back to your community your local group with the internet you can reach so many more people so you can have an even bigger community which i've been doing just take care of that and then the butterfly effect of doing positive work by giving out value will have this butterfly effect that will just make an amazing change and that's exactly what's happening right now because there's loads of people like me i'm not just the only one who are building these amazing high vibe communities vision is one of them there's others as well wim hof is another one super high vibe people who are going out and all these little butterfly effects are just making the world so much more enlightened and better and slowly and but surely there'll be a tsunami of positive vibes that's just gonna flow all over the world and wash away all the, the darkness and bring in the new light of truth enlightenment and abundance and health wealth 
for everyone on this planet. And I want to be here to be able to see that and witness it. And I think it's happening right now. This is the the calm before, well, it's the storm before the calm. Yes. <laughs> yes. My friend, Naraj, thank you so much for coming on the show. And this has been an amazing conversation. And I appreciate you and the amazing work you're doing to help people around the world, my friend. So again, I appreciate you and thank you. Namaste, brother. Respect. Peace. I want to thank Naraj so much for coming on the show and sharing all of his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, including how to get a free masterclass from Naraj, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 235. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.